0: Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Pocono Mountains podcast. I'm Jim Hamill. Warmer weather is around the corner as we transition from winter to spring here in the Poconos. The snow and ice melts away, and we get to see regrowth all around the region. It's really an exciting time of the year. The Poconos, of course, is a year-round destination for millions. With 2,400 square miles of mountains, forests, lakes, and rivers, With historic downtowns and iconic family resorts, it's the perfect getaway for a weekend or an entire week. You can always find out more on PoconoMountains.com or watch Pocono Television Network streaming live 24 7. On our first two episodes, we visited Jim Thorpe and Stroudsburg, two communities with rich history and amazing downtowns. We have two more towns to visit over the next two episodes in that same vein Honesdale and Milford. In this episode, We're going to meet the mayor of Milford, Sean Strube, who owns and operates the historic Hotel Fauchere on Broad Street. Strube has in-depth knowledge about how Milford came to be the birthplace of the American conservation movement and how it got its current day charm. There's a Pocono Mountains visitor center located at the Milford Community House where you can find your way to Gray Towers National Historic Site or even the Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area. The Columns Museum in Milford also houses the Lincoln flag, which is soaked in the president's blood from the time of his assassination. We want to thank everyone for listening to Pocono Mountains podcast. We will have a new episode each week highlighting lots of fun things you can experience while you're visiting the Poconos here in Pennsylvania in any season, winter, spring, summer, or fall. Now Milford Mayor Sean Strube from an episode of Pocono Perspectives. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on this edition of Pocono Perspectives on the Pocono Television Network. I'm Jim Hamill, and I'm here in beautiful downtown Milford, Pennsylvania, in the Pocono Mountains, and I'm with the mayor of Milford, Sean Stroob. Sean, thank you for joining us here in not only Milford, but your property here, Hotel Cher. It's a beautiful place, and we appreciate you taking the time.
1: I'm d- delighted
0: that you're here. Thanks. All right. And we want to get an idea, though. How did you come to um take on this property and not only this property but uh mayor of this (laughs) borough as well
1: well i my story i think is a familiar one for many i bought a weekend home here in the mid 90s i fell in love with the area and more of my life moved up here until i came here full time i then got started restoring buildings in Milford we have wonderful sort of you know historic built environment here and uh, and I got carried away and ended up in the hotel and restaurant business and um, uh, several years ago uh, our mayor uh, stepped down in the middle of his term because he was moving to Florida and the council appointed me to complete his term so that's why I'm mayor.
0: Wonderful. So now you're in a full term here. Um, it, it just strikes me that you, you have a sincere love for Milford and especially the history here.
1: I do. I grew up originally, I'm from Iowa and I'm accustomed to sort of small towns and, and the small town values in the, the best sense of that phrase. And, uh, and I also, you know, my whole life I've been very engaged politically and as an activist. And, you know, I believe if we're to get past the partisan divide and the kind of angry public discourse we so often have in the country right now it starts neighbor to neighbor it starts with people relating differently to the people in the communities where they live and, um, and we're really trying to make Milford an example of that of how we can transcend other differences we might have to build a better community for those of us who live here work here or visit here
0: and speaking of visiting here describe to people where Milford is situated because it's really not that far from right. one of the I mean it's the number one CITY IN THE COUNTRY. Uh,
1: WE'RE ACTUALLY, MILFORD IS THE COUNTY SEAT OF PIKE COUNTY, WHICH IS THE ONLY COUNTY IN PENNSYLVANIA THAT IS PART OF THE NEW YORK uh, SMSA, THE STANDARD METROPOLITAN STATISTICAL AREA. AND uh, WE'RE LESS THAN 75 MILES FROM THE LINCOLN TUNNEL FROM WHERE WE SIT RIGHT HERE. so, uh, uh, in that sense, we, we're, we're very much oriented to New York. You know, at a hotel, we get seven or eight times as many guests from New York City as we get from Philadelphia, although we get plenty of Philadelphians as well. Um, and we're on the banks of the uh, Delaware River, right in the heart of the Delaware River Highlands, which is the area, the north end of the river, that uh, has the, the Catskills on the New York side and the Poconos on the Pennsylvania side. Um, and in a community, that has long been a a resort and summer destination. Um, in the mid 19th century, when sort of a resort class emerged, right? You know, before the American Revolution, people didn't vacation. You either had your country estate or you went to Jones Beach with the great unwashed masses. And as a middle and upper middle class emerged, and people could vacation, and labor organizations, you know, had two weeks of vacation as part of their contract. There were places that began as the first kind of vacation destinations inland from New York. And they were at the end of the railroad spurs. So there was a railroad spur that went up to Saratoga. There was one that went down to the Delaware Water Gap. And there's one that came to Port Jervis, New York, which is just six miles away. So those areas emerged as resort and vacation destinations in the mid-19th century. Um, At the time of the Civil War, Milford had 1,000 hotel rooms. Uh, It had mail delivery three times a day and twice on Sundays. Uh, So it was really, you know, during the Gilded Era, it was like the Hamptons of its day. That's why when people come through the hotel and they see one famous person after another, the pictures and the old guest registries um, from, you know, business tycoons to heads of state to uh, uh, stars of, you know, stage and screen, Um, it was really an incredible destination at that time. And in recent years, a lot of that luster has returned. Um, and, uh, and it's fun to be in a, in a community that embodies the best of small-town America. Sometimes people say it's like living in a Norman Rockwell painting, or it looks like a Courier and Ives print. Uh, and it's true, but it isn't by accident. It's because there are a lot of people in this community. Some have lived here their entire lives. Some are new to the community who put effort into it, because that's what we value, being a warm, welcoming community that values its history and and is hospitable to visitors.
0: Well, that much is evident here at the Hotel Fochere, a lot of history in this building, but let alone this borough, this DATES FAR BACK AND and THE FRENCH CERTAINLY HAD A BIG ROLE TO PLAY HERE, DIDN'T THEY?
1: RIGHT. WELL, THE BOROUGH ITSELF WAS LAID OUT IN THE LATE 18TH CENTURY, IN THE 1790s, BY A CIRCUIT COURT JUDGE FROM PHILADELPHIA NAMED uh, JOHN BITTIS, BUT HE WAS ALSO A REAL ESTATE SPECULATOR. SO HE BOUGHT THIS LAND, LAID IT OUT IN A PERFECT GRID PATTERN WITH alleys. HE MODELLED IT AFTER PHILADELPHIA. SO WE'RE ACTUALLY ONE OF THE EARLIEST PLANNED COMMUNITIES. THAT'S WHY WHEN YOU DRIVE THROUGH MILFORD AND YOU SEE THESE GREAT HOUSES AND GREAT ARCHITECTURE, But you don't see garages, you know, with an open door yawning to the street or garbage cans out at the curb because that's all done through the alley system and back. But when Milford really took off was after the American Revolution, um, when it became a destination for a lot of the French colony in New York. You know, the French financed the American Revolution, right? Uh, thank goodness for the Marquis de Lafayette, who visited Milford several times and was sort of the banker for the French and, and, and Benjamin Franklin's close friend. Um, well, to the victor belong the spoils. So after we won the revolution, the British mercantile class in New York was on the outs, right? But there was a great opportunity for French investment and French entrepreneurs and business people. So a huge French community emerged in New York. And this is where they came in the summertime in the fall. This is where they had their hunt clubs. Um, And so this is why so many of the oldest family names in Milford are of French descent, you know, uh, Pinchot. uh, uh, They were Bonapartists who came here in 1815 or 1817, something like that. Um, But they were only one family of many French families that came here. Louis Faucher, who founded the Hotel Faucher, was French-speaking, but he was Francophone Swiss. And he came here, his wife's family, uh, the Parachet family, had a hotel on this site called the French Hotel. Uh, in the 1840s. And he came here in 1852, Hotel Fauchère, originally as a summer hotel. Uh, Fauchère was a master chef for Delmonico's in New York. And Delmonico's um, was the most celebrated restaurant of its day. Um, This is, again, something that emerged after the French and American Revolution, the idea of a freestanding restaurant that was known for culinary innovation, where you went there because of the food. What we think of today as fine dining didn't exist before then Uh, it was either in private homes or private clubs there weren't like just restaurants people walked into a hotel or a tavern might serve food but they did that as an accommodation to the traveler you ate whatever gruel they were serving whenever they were serving it Uh, and uh, so after the french and american revolutions again as this sort of middle and upper middle class emerged the idea of you know people who didn't have butlers and maids and cooks at home uh, uh you could go to a restaurant order a la carte off a menu a whole list of things you know, and the delmonico brothers brought that concept to america in the 1820s and opened in new york louis fauchere became their master chef he then opened this as a summer hotel and brought a lot of that new york clientele out here many of them were here anyway you know and they knew him from new york so that's where, where the hotel fauchere legacy became it started and then uh, Faucher and his family, his descendants, ran the hotel for 124 years until 1976. So it's one of the oldest continuous, you know, culinary family legacies uh, in the country. Um, and because Delmonico's uh, uh, you know, culinary innovation I, it was the phrase I used they invented dishes. That's what became the sensation. You know, lobster Newberg, lobster thermidor, baked Alaska. The hamburger as a sandwich, putting chopped ground beef between two pieces of bread. And of course, Delmonico potatoes and Delmonico steak. All these things are sort of the first American culinary tradition that came out of Delmonico's. And they would invent these dishes to attract people. People would be talking about them. Sort of the way we did in Bar Louis with our sushi pizza, which right. is one of our best-selling items. And Condé Nast Traveler called it a culinary thrill. People hear about the sushi pizza, they want to come try it. Um, so, that's the what the Fosher legacy com, comes out of and what we try to maintain today.
0: Mayor Strube certainly is a wealth of knowledge about Milford's past and its present. We appreciate him taking time out to share it with us. We'll have more with Milford's Mayor, Sean Strube, in just a bit. Thanks for listening to Pocono Mountains Podcast. You can subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are available. For more information, just head to PoconoMountains.com. Now, for a message from Chris Barrett. Isn't it comforting to be around things we know? Experiences that are tried and true. They give us a feeling of safety and comfort. This is where we can get away from it all. It's time to be happy again and have fun. We've always been here. You and your family's safety is our first priority, and it always will be. Feel the comfort again when you visit the Pocono Mountains. Find us at PoconoMountains.com. We're back. I'm Jim Hamill. We mentioned a lasting legacy of conservation in Milford, and that's primarily because of the Pinchot family. Gifford Pinchot was the founder of the U.S. Forest Service, and the family home at Gray Towers now serves as an attraction in Milford to help preserve that legacy. Mayor Strube now with more about Milford's claim to conservation. John, you mentioned legacy, and you also touched upon somebody who has You know, a a great legacy here in Milford, not only Milford, but across the entire country. The father of the conservation movement, Gifford Pinchot, his family lived here. The mansion still exists, the great towers. It is a beautiful facility to tour, and it is, of course, part of the U.S. Department of Interior. Describe to me Pinchot's legacy here and how that uh, movement uh, has lasted now throughout the years.
1: Well, actually, uh, when you refer to Gifford Pinchot as the father of the conservation movement, you're uh, quoting President Kennedy. On his 40th anniversary of the forest service he had helped to found, I have been a governor now and then, he said, but I have been a forester all the time and shall be to my dying day. He was more than a forester. He was the father of American conservation. He believed that the riches of this continent should be used for all the people to provide a more abundant life. And he believed that the waste of these resources or the exploitation by a few was a threat to our national democratic life. Pinchot was was the first professionally trained forester in in the United States. And forestry was emerging as a science, as a formal study. Uh, in France and Germany in the mid-19th century. And uh, Gifford Pinchot was sent uh, to France by his father to learn forestry. Uh, he came back and um, became the forester for Commodore Vanderbilt at Biltmore in North Carolina. Uh, Frederick Law Olmsted was the gardener who did Central Park and did part of our cemetery here in Milford. And then he put his ideas uh, and his experiments in forestry Uh, into a presentation at the Chicago Exposition in 1893. Teddy Roosevelt then tapped him to be the first head of the U.S. Forest Service. And what Pinchot's concept was, the idea of sustainable harvesting of natural resources. Uh, Back then, no one could imagine running out of clean air or clean water. It just wasn't even part of the conversation or the imagination. What people saw were virgin forests being destroyed, being clear-cut, and then the land eroding, you know, because it really could be destroy land. You know, in those days, in Pike County, you really didn't buy land. You bought a forest, you know, and then you cut it down, and very often the land wasn't worth paying the taxes on it. So Pinchot introduced the concept of sustainable forestry and, um, and believed that these natural resources should be used, as he would say, for the greatest good, for the greatest number, for the greatest period of time. Um, and in fact, um, Teddy Roosevelt, and Gifford Pinchot had dinner here at the hotel one night. And according to an old newspaper article we found in the 1920s, I think, it described how they sketched out on a napkin a plan for the National Park Service, which was sort of John Muir's baby, right, Right, right. to be part of the Interior Department. Because the Park Service, the the National Park lands were to be left alone for recreation and scenic vistas and, and that sort of thing. The Forest Service, they put as part of the Agriculture Department because it was to treat the forest like a crop. The country was growing rapidly. We needed timber. How can we have timber on a sustainable basis rather than destroying all of our forests? So that was more about scientific management, which is what Pinchot was, uh, and that became part of the Forest Service. The first mass civil disobedience around an environmental issue was here in Pike County when they were proposing to dam the Delaware River and build the Tox Island Dam. And they would have these mass protests and many people would get arrested. This was in the 60s and the early 70s before the environmental movement really started to kick in. Um, And in fact, when when President Kennedy was here uh, in September of 63, uh, just a few weeks before he was killed, it was kicking off his environmental tour Um, which was an effort that then led to what today we know as Earth Day, which is uh, in April every year. So there's a very uh, deep and rich and fascinating, to me, history of the conservation movement here that has very important lessons that are only becoming more urgent today. The Gray Towers is now a National Historic Site, operated by the U.S. Forest Service. And in fact, it's the only historic building operated by the federal government that's open to the public, that is not managed by the National Park Service. Everything else from the White House, the Washington Monument, everything else, National Park Service is responsible for operating those. But this, the Forest Service operates because it's really their spiritual home. And they give a fascinating tour. I mean, it just is so interesting and, you know, connects a lot of dots. Uh, and, and we're very proud to, to have it here in Milford. And, It's a significant driver of visitation uh, to our area as well.
0: It certainly is. It fits into that experience of Milford where you've got the history and you've got the modern-day culinary and uh, cultural scene here in Milford. It's really come to um, a great ecosystem, isn't it, working off of each other here?
1: And in this incredibly pristine natural environment, when people ask me or journalists, you know, why do people come to Milford? They're like three buckets. First is the natural environment. You know, a third of the county is state or federal park or game land. Another third of it is like private hunt clubs and scout camps and protected. You know, when the megalopolis from New York, you know, fills in between New York City and Scranton, Pike County is going to stand out like Central Park, like a big patch of green because so much of it is protected. Uh, and with that is the, 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 you know, the, the hiking, the waterfalls. We have guests who'll come and see eight or 10 waterfalls. They come just for a waterfall tour all weekend. All the river activities, you know, the river which is two blocks from here. So the first is the natural environment. The second are the heritage attractions. Um, Grey Towers, National Historic Site. Uh, the Columns, our county historical museum. Pennsylvania has a lot of local, wonderful historical museums. We have a relic here that people from all over the world come to see which is the bloodstained flag that cushioned President Lincoln's head moments after he was assassinated. And there's a whole story on the assassination in an exhibit of Lincolnalia from the perspective of a family of actors who were in the theater that night when he was killed and moved to Milford after the Civil War and donated their things. Um, so, Grey Towers, the Columns Museum, uh, 75% of Milford Borough is now a National Historic District. We have fantastic architecture uh, by Calvert and. Uh, uh, Frederick Law Olmsted, uh, uh, Chester Aldrich, John Lafarge, who did the Cathedral of St. John the Divine, Richard Morris Hunt, who did the façade of the Metropolitan Museum. The historic district in Milford is really exceptional. Uh, and the uh, working wooden 19th century grist mill at the water wheel, uh, which is also fascinating because it was clickety-clack with the water running over it just as it did you know, 150 years ago. Uh, and then the third reason people come here is sort of the cultural vibrancy, you know, ranging from the festivals. We've had an annual film festival for more than 20 years, uh, music festival for more than 15 years. This will be the fifth year of our Readers and Writers Festival, the third year of our dance festival, the second year of our opera festival. Uh, we have a real cultural vibrancy combined with galleries and shops and boutiques and some you know, really fun uh, uh, shopping uh, that draws people as well. So natural environment, heritage attraction, cultural vibrancy.
0: And much to your credit, the mayor of Milford, Sean Strube, thank you so much for having us here today. On behalf of Sean, I invite you to visit Milford and to visit Hotel Fochere while you're here. And certainly we appreciate you watching Pocono Television Network. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed Pocono Mountains podcast. Thanks again to Mayor Strube in Milford. Next time, we'll visit Honesdale, another historic downtown with tons of new shops and restaurants. And recently, Country Living magazine called Honesdale one of the top 10 small towns in the whole country. We're going to meet the former mayor who wrote the book on Honesdale. Please remember to subscribe anywhere podcasts are available. Come visit us in the Pocono Mountains. Plan a trip today.